You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up and receive a $50 welcome bonus using the promo code CASINO50. Tonight, Frank, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, and I'm, I'm really happy to hear you tell people to turn their headlights on because I don't know what's happened in our society, but the amount of people that I see driving without lights on ah. is crazy, yeah. and it's so easy. All you have to do is leave it on auto. Yeah. You never have to touch it. Frank, trust me, man. We are we're talking to the same message. I don't understand why the auto button is so hard for people. I don't, like I, everybody turns their lights on. They think honestly, I think some people believe that. Well, my daytime running lights are on the front. That means they're on the back, but it's not how it works. No. So uh, just no. a re- just a safety reminder out there, people. Turn your lights on. Um, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we know they want to make a goaltender trade. The problem is uh, the guy they want to trade, Jake Allen, hasn't played very much, and when he has, he hasn't necessarily played. Uh, very well. There's some rumblings about David Savard. Like when you look at Montreal and they've made some improvements this year, like where do you come out? Cause to me, I think the mistake a team like that makes, they got young guys that are building up. Slavkovsky's getting a lot better. Obviously Suzuki and Caulfield, they got some good young players, but you have an experienced NHL defenseman. You trade him for draft picks or whatever it is, but then you don't replace them and your team's not any better next year. Would they be better off just keeping Savard? Well, if they're going to get a big haul for them this year, then I would consider it. And, like, you take a look at the D market, and keep in mind that he's not a UFA. He's got one more year left on his deal. I think it's at 3.5, so it's very digestible. Yes. Um, if, if you can get something that you think helps you in the long term, and I'm thinking, I, I don't even know if picks is, is the right thing at this point. Like, they need players – that are going to be able to play within a couple of years. And is someone going to give you that for David Savard? Depends how desperate a team is. But I, I absolutely do think that if he goes to a good team, an established team, he can help move the needle for them. But it, it's been interesting here to watch his deployment under Marty St. Louis because they have a lot of young defensemen, a lot of very promising young defensemen. And anytime one of those guys has a bad game or maybe it's two so-so games in a row, you can guarantee that Marty is pairing that defenseman with David Savard. It's like clockwork. And you know what tends to happen? That player straightens out, and yeah. he plays pretty well. And like just having, having that stability and having that guy that's a little bit of a cooler um, in, in your lineup on the back end I think is so important for these young guys here. So that's why I say like unless you're going to get a massive haul for him this year, you're much better off keeping him, and you can address it when he's a, a pending UFA next season. So I looked down the Habs lineup. Tanner Pearson's a pending UFA. Colin White's a pending UFA. Uh, you know Chris Weidman, but let's be honest, he's uh, he doesn't have any any value. Do do you see other guys? You know, like a Jake Evans has an extra year, and I know lots of opposing teams are a little bit more interested in acquiring players when they have term. Um, who do you see the Habs uh, players that the opposition GMs would be interested in acquiring? See, it's funny you bring up Evans. So he's got an extra year, and he's got a really good cap hit. Like, he's 1.7. Yeah. And I've always felt like when Montreal was fully healthy and Jake Evans was your fourth-line center, you're actually pretty good down the middle of the ice. The problem with the team this year is Evans has had to be the second-line center, and he's had to play with guys like, you know, Brennan Gallagher, who's not having a great year. Josh Anderson is not having a great year. Yoel Armia, who's got another year left, and if Montreal could – uh, find a way to expose of, uh, dispose of him, I'm, I'm sure they would. So, like, if, if you're bringing in a, a player maybe lower in the lineup who can kill penalties and is quite versatile, 
Um, Jake Evans is one of those guys that, that maybe gets a look. It's interesting when you take a look at the, the forward group here because they have a first line of players who are going to be here for the long term in Suzuki, Caulfield, and Slavkovsky. And then it's like, it's like a black hole in lines two and three of guys that if the team could get rid of, they absolutely would, or guys that just, you know, they, they might not fit in the long-term plans. And then the fourth line is a fourth line. Like, let's, let's be honest. It, it's guys that are going to crash and bang and play eight minutes a night. But that's the, where the biggest transitional phase is here um, in Montreal is lines two and three. So I would say if you can find a taker for any of those players that are playing on lines two and three, and I'm talking Josh Anderson, Brennan Gallagher, Yoel Armia, um, you know, go Tanner Pearson, like all those guys, even Jake Evans for that matter, I would, I would be entertaining it because that's, that's going to be the biggest transitional phase of this lineup moving forward because the back end has a lot of good players already. They got a, look, a lot of good players coming. Um, and the first line is pretty solidified. Frank Corrado joins us. Uh, Frank, you look at the, you know, where, where do you come out on the Ottawa senators on, you know, like, what has to happen? The Sens, everybody was expecting them to take a, a step this year. Now, I shouldn't say everybody because I didn't pick Ottawa. I looked at them at the start of the year, and I'm like, they don't play defense well enough. And I saw that uh, movie a few times in Edmonton, even when they had McDavid and Drysaddle. And uh, so I, I, I get all the offseason hype, and everyone's excited because they got all these young players, but they don't play defense well enough. Do you think they're playing better defensively, or do they still have significant changes if they want to be a playoff team next year? Both both can be true. They they do have to make significant changes uh, for next year. They are playing better defensively than they have been. But the problem with that is it's garbage time. You're so far behind the eight ball now. Like, it's almost like you, you get into these games, and I know I experienced it with Toronto when we were in last place, and we ended up getting Matthews the next year. But I played a lot of these garbage time games. And, you know, we would play Boston, and we would give them a good game. We would play Detroit. We would give them a good game. And we would win a few along the way. And after the game, we'd be like, hey, look at us. We did pretty good against a pretty good team there. And guess what? That team, like, they had maybe just won seven in a row or, you know, six out of their last seven. And it's like, okay, you know, we got one. But it, And I feel like Ottawa's doing a little better than that right now. But they do need to make significant changes. And we don't even know who's going to be the coach there next year. So, you know, I think it's good that Jacques has kind of come in there and he's trying to teach players on an individual level, like, hey, here's where you can make a play. Here's where you can't. This is, you know, good defensive structure in this situation. Like, all that stuff is important. It kind of it, it makes it very evident, though, how little of that was going on there previously. And that's a little concerning because, you've, you know, you've, you've had a lot of those guys there for a few years now. What did they learn that whole time? Um, but, you know, there's, there's work to be done. They need to they need to figure out their back end because it's it's thin and it's redundant the way it is right now where you have you know a lot of money allocated on the left side of the ice they they need you know even if you're going to have left handed shots they can play the right side of the ice they need good vets like right now their vet is Claude Giroux who's outstanding but he's one guy mm-hmm. too much for one player to do that so there's a lot that needs to to change in Ottawa moving forward and at the beginning of the season I'll be honest I was like they're going to be two points in, two points out. Like, I, I really thought they were that bubble tweener team if everything went well and everything did not go well. And they are where they are right now, and there's a lot of work to do. Frank Corrado joins us, uh, NHL on TSN. Uh, going back to the Habs, um, 
What do you make of Josh Anderson? Is is this just a bad year? Is it salvageable? What's up? It's a very bad year. Um, and, and his shooting percentage, like I, I was just looking at this the other day, his shooting percentage is the worst it's ever been. Um, last year was above average. His career shooting percentage is somewhere in the middle. So you would think at some point it's going to correct. Um, it's just, you know, he's struggling with the confidence with the puck confidence finishing like last game against New Jersey he had a wide open net he missed the net by a foot and a half then later in the game because he's got good foot speed gets a breakaway rings it off the crossbar and it's like that's just been happening so often with him and I I wonder about him like his his contract is big for the output that he's giving this team like I wonder if you had to put him in a different situation on a good team and you just told him like we don't care how much you score. We just want you to be nasty, mean, and physical and play lower in the lineup. And if you score, that's great. If you don't, like, we just need we need the other stuff out of you. Like, I wonder if that situation would, would work better for him. But um, it's, been, it's been really tough sledding for him. I, I can't help but watch him play and be like, this guy just needs one to go in off his behind or off his shin pad just to, I don't know, just to, just to maybe get him that, that good feeling. But – it's interesting because, like, there's there's a pack a physical package there, but it's not really it's not really coming to fruition. And too often this season, like the play has kind of just died on his stick, um, and now he's not bearing his chances to go along with that. Like, what do you make of the uh, Jets, Oilers, and the Canucks? Uh, do you see any one of those teams uh, making significant moves? I know the Jets already added one, but uh, do you see another yeah. one? Do you see Vancouver having another one? And how many moves do you think Edmonton makes? I think it's Edmonton's turn. Like I, I, I do think Edmonton is is probably trying to make a significant move. I would imagine, like if I was in that situation, I would be trying to make a significant move. I think Vancouver's made their move. I think uh, Winnipeg has has made their move. They're 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 probably in the market for secondary market uh, depth pieces now. But Edmonton's interesting because, like. If I, if, if I was running things, if I could get an upgrade on Cody Ceci, I absolutely would. And that's not to disparage him, but I'm just saying, like, you want to win a Stanley Cup? I, I think if, if you're not trying to look for upgrades at certain positions, then you're not doing your due diligence, and that's one where I would be looking at. The other thing is, is a scoring winger, but, and I know there's a lot of talk about Jake Gensel, who's currently injured, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, like, what do we think the package is to acquire Jake Gensel? Because if it's going to be a first, uh, an A prospect, plus, 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 like if it's a, one of those massive deals to bring him in, who's he knocking off the first power play unit? And if he's not knocking anyone off the first power play unit, you're going to give this guy that you just paid a ton of assets for 25 seconds of scraps on the second power play unit. Whereas if you could find someone on a more value deal, who isn't expected to be on the first power play unit anyways, but could still give you some offensive pop at five on five. That's probably more the route that I would be looking at. So like we just, like we saw with the Lindholm Monahan thing, you need one shoot a drop before the other one can. So the next one is going to be, okay, what are the defensemen situations like? What is Chris Tanev? What is Sean Walker? And then what are the scoring wingers? Like what's, what's the market for the scoring wingers? So we, we need the big fish to drop first, and then we'll see what those, those kind of markets look like for those players. But I would absolutely be in on um, as much as I can if I were Edmonton. 
Frank, uh, we really appreciate your time. But what about the Leafs? Like, obviously, we know they need defense. I don't think there's any debate on that. But how, yeah, like I, I could argue they need two defensemen. Do you think they add two? They they, they needed two defensemen at the start of the season. <laughs> you know, like they the, the thing they have is, is they have a little cap space because of the Klingberg LTIR money. So that's so that feels like it's inevitable that that's a move that happens for them. Now, like if they could get into a situation where, and I love this guy, I think he's such a warrior. I'm, I'm such a fan of his game, Mark Giordano. Like if they could get into a situation where they don't have to play Gio every single night because he's 40 and, and, you know, we saw last year in the playoffs, it was, you know, it was moving really fast. They could get into a situation where they finally get a legitimate right-handed shot, top four guy to play with Morgan Riley. And if there was, like, someone lower in the lineup who could give you, you know, a little more of a, a robust presence, which Simon Benoit has done a really good job of this year, um, that that would help them. But they, they absolutely need, like, think about the partners that, that Riley has played with over yeah. the years. It's been, you know, I don't know, it's been Polak, it's been Zaitsev, Connor Carrick, it's been Hainsey, it's been Hunwick, it's been TJ Brody, like, when does he get Josh Manson or when does he get uh, Connor Murphy? Like when does he get those kinds of, and I know there's differences between those players, but when does he get the six foot two, 200 pound mobile right-handed guy who can move the puck and play steady minutes? Like it just, it just seems like he's never had that guy. And I would love to see what that would look like in that lineup. Awesome stuff, man. We appreciate it, Frank. Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah. Thank you. Take care.